Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, we are talking about insecurity and how it can only be healed internally. This episode comes from something I posted on Instagram and it kind of took off. And so it's inspiring an episode. If you would like to come find me on Instagram, you can find me at Nikki Eisenhower and hang out with me there. So I want to start with defining insecurity. We've heard a lot about attachment styles in the last few years. And many HSPs, many people recovering from childhood trauma will lean towards having an insecure attachment. So what is insecurity? It is the feeling of not firmly fixed. If we're insecure, we feel liable to give way or break. We don't feel confident or assured. We feel uncertain and anxious. Now think about the strain on relationships and on the self when we are insecure. We're prone to overthinking or trying to overcontrol someone else just trying to feel secure. It can feel very desperate. And desperation is not a vibe that draws people in. Neediness is not a vibe that draws people in. It makes people feel like they're going to drown in it and that they have to get space from it. So you hear me say it a lot if you listen to the show. A lot of our psychology is paradoxical or illogical. It just doesn't make logical sense. Because logic says that if I feel insecure, let me help myself become more secure. But we don't know how. And school doesn't teach us. And troubled childhoods or dysfunctional relationships in adulthood teach us insecurity. Even an illness in the body can make us feel insecure about our bodies. Anything that we feel is a betrayal, even an illness or a sickness, or a betrayal like a parent undercaring for me or neglecting me, creates insecurity. And we feel unsafe when we feel insecure. So it's easy if we lean towards PTSD symptoms for our insecurity to trigger us and help us feel unsafe, which was not helpful. And so instead of figuring out 
security, our insecurity tends to breed more insecurity, if that makes sense. I just wanted to talk about that today. Before I go further, I'm going to invite you to a moment of just hand on the belly and hand on the heart. Where do you feel insecure? I know one of my current insecurities is that I've had to leave a lot of people, my family of origin, two marriages, and I'm going to marry Chris. As much as I know logically in my head that that is a very good decision and that we are matched very, very well and that I know that there's an element of safety and security there for me, it's just something that I'm carrying insecurity about. And if I put that on Chris to fix in me, it won't get fixed. And this is why. There are countless ways that the human ego has evolved to dance around deep, vulnerable work. Every form of insecurity healing is a deep dive personal job. When we want to feel secure, we have to build security within. Because as a grown woman, If I try to convince myself that Chris is never going away, that's not something that I can convince myself of because I'm too smart. I can't convince myself that any other human being will be with me forever. I don't have the power and the control over that. So the more that I try to tell myself in this faulty way, hey, Nikki, feel secure. Chris loves you. He's not going anywhere. The more insecure I feel. So that won't work to internally heal me because I'm too smart. What will help me feel more secure and what I am building into, because none of this work is a light switch, insecurity grew in me over time and security grows in me over time. But I don't want to try to convince myself that Chris isn't going anywhere. I have to convince myself that I'm not going anywhere. And that no matter what happens to me or to Chris, that I'm going to take care of me. That is how we grow security. And we don't get this education in school. Most of us don't get this education in our families. So in a best effort to try to feel secure, we do it in a lot of ways that mess us up instead of helping us. So we might feel more secure in a moment When an authority figure tells us we're good enough, but it's fleeting. And I missed the opportunity to tell myself, wow, good job. You really gave your best in that moment. We may feel more secure when we behave in controlling ways. Many of us try to do this by asking our partners, well, when will you be home? Well, I need you home by 10 o'clock or I can't sleep. And it might feel good to negotiate that with a partner and have them show up at the time that we want. But it's fleeting and it's destructive to healthy relating. And it's emotionally regressed and immature. Instead, there's opportunity there. I can ask, hey, do you know when you'll be home? That's different than trying to control when someone else will be home. And if he doesn't know, there's opportunity there to let myself know he'll be home when he's home. He's a grown-up. And I can practice feeling calm and secure in my body and helping myself go to sleep of my own volition and power. We may feel more secure when surrounded by others. We're not getting lost in our own heads and our scary, insecure story-making in our heads. 
but that's kind of like a Band-Aid. And this is when I see people feel very desperate when they get alone. Because we can't escape the alone moments of life when we're left with our own measurements of insecure self-worth. So we have to meet ourselves in these quiet alone moments and work on feeling secure right there instead of trying to make other people fill that space so we don't feel it. That's what helps me feel secure when I'm alone and I had to learn how to do it. We may feel more secure by buying fancy objects or vacations. Those are excellent distractions. And it might make other people envious of us, which can make our egos feel big. But fancy objects or vacations, that just makes our insides feel neglected. And the purchase self-worth falls flat fast. And then there's a slippery slope of debt. Because to get that feeling very much like gambling or like a drug, we need more and more and more and more. We can't fill the void with empty calories. And our self-love and our self-care, moving through the discomfort, is rich in nutrients for our system and our soul. We might feel more secure when we attain credentials and degrees to gain worth versus knowledge. I see this a lot with therapists. I know many therapists who will not stop attaining credentials. And I often wonder, are you trying to gain knowledge or worth? Because imposter syndrome operates at every level. It's very sad to me when I see someone who has gone all the way through school, PhD level, trying to outrun the insecurity of feeling an imposter syndrome, only to get the highest education available in the land, to have very high student loan debt, and then to find out that didn't fill my voids either. Imposter syndrome can operate at every level if we don't do our deep internal work. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. We might feel more secure when we hide from the outside world, but life gets small and depressing. We call this agoraphobia. In this time when we can have almost anything delivered to our homes through the magic of the internet, I think we're going to see more and more of that, of people who don't know how to grow security, and so they make their world small in an attempt to try to feel as secure as possible. We might feel more secure being helpers or trying to save others while ignoring our needs. Our inner child is deeply familiar with this kind of neglect, and it complicates our healing journey. 
healers who are burning out, this is you. It does feel good to help others. And there is some wisdom to getting outside of our own heads and showing up with gratitude and giving and compassion in our hearts. That can be a very healthy part of our growth process, or it can be a mask where our insecurities hide behind it. Insecurity is healed by a dedicated self-love practice and permission to immerse ourselves in finding out what self-love means and how to do it. Empty, hollow self-love practices, self-care practices can sound like saying yes to yourself constantly. A deep, what I might call a truer form of self-love and soul care is about telling ourselves yes a lot of the time and telling ourselves no a lot of the time. Love does not only say yes, not internally and not externally with each other. A healthy love says yes and says no. It takes a healthy support system to grow into healthy self-worth and security. It's a fine line that's easy to confuse. The more I surround myself with people who have security within themselves, the more I have security modeled for me. Those of us who grew up with worry warts, this can be powerful for you. It's not that someone who's secure can save you from yourself. That can't happen. The responsibility sits in us to open up to someone who's secure in a receiving way. Wow, that person is secure. How do they do that? Oh, they're nice to themselves and encouraging inside of their own heads. How can I do that for myself? When we take what's modeled and internalize it as our growth, that is an awesome use of a healthy support system. When we stay in our little self, maybe with a touch of victim mentality, and we want the secure person to save us from our lonely feelings, from our insecurities, that's when we're digging the insecure hole deeper. And that can come from a backed up place of anger. That might sound a little weird at first. Anger. Why anger? Because many of us haven't fully gone through our grieving of our childhoods. And if we had a lot of struggle in childhood, if we had a lot of dysfunction in our parents, there can be some hidden deep anger there in an inner child way that looks around the world and goes, damn it, my parents were supposed to give me security and they didn't. And I don't want to have to give this to myself. So I'm going to find a secure person and I'm going to make them give it to me. It's not that any of us ever have that thought consciously, but that sort of way of being or way of feeling can drive us subconsciously. And we can be very angry to hear the message that no one else can fix security for you, that we have to do that work ourselves. And if that makes you angry, I invite you to consider grief work to grieve what you lost, to allow that inner child in you to be sad and to let out those feelings and to let out that anger of how unfair it is that we didn't get security growing up and then we have to figure out security ourselves. It's that really annoying phrase that we all know about life not being fair. I'm so sorry it's not. 
I've certainly had my time wishing it was. And I promise that there's peace in the acceptance. Life isn't fair is a limiting belief. I've done some episodes recently on the Patreon and on the feed on limiting beliefs. And our security does not need that limiting belief any longer. I hope there's something in this episode that helps you whenever you feel insecure and that you understand that it comes down to you starving insecurity instead of feeding it while growing and nurturing a self-love and a soul care practice. Remember, it's okay and wise to surround yourself with secure people so that secure people can show us what security looks like and what it feels like and how to do it. And that we can all know moving forward that it's not okay to put healing security on another person. It is when we do the work to internalize what others offer us here that we grow and evolve and we shed our insecurities to become who we really are. We were all meant to be secure and you can get there. There were times in my life where I didn't allow myself to believe that I could feel more secure. And as sensitive people, we will never feel perfectly secure. There is no perfect. But I feel infinitely secure in who I am and what I'm capable of. And I know on a very deep level that I will never abandon myself. And that is a security that I know very well. And when my inner parts are a little scared because I'm going to get married again, all I have to do is take a deep breath, put a palm on my belly and a palm on my heart and remind that inner part of myself that's still healing that she has me and I'm not going anywhere. And I continue to learn from all the relating mistakes I've ever made and to invest in people that have the security within themselves that I get to have within me. I want to close out the show thanking those of you that have taken precious time out of your very busy lives to go get on iTunes and write us a review. When you do, you are helping the show beyond what I can describe. You are working that funky iTunes algorithm that is mysterious <laughs> and we don't really know how it works. And when you go write us a review, when you go give us a five-star review, you are helping us stay high in the rankings and helping more and more and more highly sensitive people and empaths and trauma survivors find emotional badass. Every day we see more and more messages out in the social media world and directly to our emotional badass website on our Patreon that just says how grateful people are for figuring out that they're highly sensitive for figuring out, it still makes me cry every time, for figuring out that they're unalone and that they don't have to feel ashamed of their sensitivity anymore, that there is strength in these superpowers that we have as sensitive people, as intuitives, and as healers in our hearts for ourselves and for the world. Ugh, so I want to thank Growth 2019 you say that I'm the first person that could put into words how you felt in your whole life, that you felt wrong and different and hated being so sensitive, that it's been a hard life living this way with a mother and an ex-husband, both narcissists. I'm so glad you are figuring out who you really are 
and that you're finding some peace. Thank you so much for writing a review. Sparkly Eli, you say you learn something new every week. I love that. I'm working really hard to keep that going and keep producing weekly shows for you guys. I'm so grateful to be able to have this microphone in front of me. Sass fell. I'm glad you had a pleasant stumble into emotional badass. Tycat28, you are a medical student who has narcissists in the family. It's helping you deal with these relationships and the stress of medical school. And it's inspired you to continue on your journey even when it's been super hard. Medical school is quite the journey. Keep going. Keep going. We really, really need highly sensitive doctors. Thank you so much for naming that in a review because you're helping other medical students and other doctors find the show too. All right. One more, guys. I want to thank Allie922. You're a mental health counselor. And she says she usually listens to self-help podcasts and gets bored because it's something that I would tell my patients and there's nothing new to learn. This podcast goes deeper and talks to my soul. I've learned so much. As a counselor, I know I need to take care of myself. And this podcast is my self-help. I've been recommending it to friends, family, and even some of my patients. Thank you so, so much. Yep, I get bored when I'm listening to other self-help things too. So thank you for honoring and validating that in me. I don't ever want to be boring for you guys. I think it's important as healers in the world that we find ways to inspire ourselves and to inspire our clients and the people in our worlds. I think that is how we honor mental health and growth and self-development. And in these ways, all of us, all of you listening to the show right now, All of you who have shared the show with other people, who write a review, who jump on our Patreon and buy a shirt, whatever you have done for the show, there is always this exchange of energies. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing something to help spread the show. You are truly my marketing team and we cannot do it without you. Light and love and healing. I am an emotional badass. You're an emotional badass. And together we are where Moxie meets mindful. Light and love. Bye-bye. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to Calm History dot com.